Hey haters, welcome back to Jackson Transplants. The welcome committee for transplants, Jacksonians welcome but not necessary. I'm your host, Ashley. In episode 42, I talked to Anna Wolf, investigative reporter from Tacoma, Washington. walking this morning I found a stray cat oh that I rescued so okay. that's like a new thing in my life right okay. now <laughs> are you like bringing them home or are you just I have yeah yeah I had one that was the love of my life yeah. before my husband <laughs> so he would be the second or third or fourth but the cat was the first one yeah <laughs> and he was just like out in front of the door and I think maybe he used to stay there or something because it was an apartment. Maybe they love him. But yeah, so I got him some shots uh, and then started feeding him and got him mm-hmm. cat insurance. So um, he used to leave the when I left for work, he would leave with me. And I found out he had another family. So he was like eating at my house and st- staying the night <laughs> and then leaving me to go to his other family. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> So, um, what led you to Jackson? Okay, so I um, am from Tacoma, Washington. Okay. I went to a little high school called Stillicum uh, High School, uh, the first incorporated town in Washington. Mm. And I just wanted to go somewhere really different for college, and I landed at Mississippi State. Obviously, I got my sweaty <laughs> Mississippi State t-shirt on right now. Um and it was just kind of fate. Um, I went on a trip with my best friend to some schools in the South. I wanted to get somewhere hotter. And um, we kind of randomly landed in Mississippi. My mom has a long lost friend who lives here. Okay. Um, and so I went to Mississippi State. I went for two years. When I graduated, I got a job at the Jackson Free Press. And that's how I got to Jackson. Okay. Um, and like I always tell people, you know, I love Mississippi. I've, I've, I've stayed. You know, I've been here about seven years now. And, um, but it, it wasn't really until I got to Jackson that I fell in love with Mississippi. So yeah, that's how I got here. Okay. Um, so how was that transition like, um, traveling all the way from Washington to Mississippi? Yeah. I mean, the first thing was the heat, obviously was, yeah. I came in August. I moved down here in August and oh. I stepped off the plane and was like, yeah. <laughs> breathing in like the, the moisture in the air. Yeah. Um, But other than that, I mean, like, college town, you know, you don't really get, like, the Mississippi experience being in Starkville. I mean, obviously, Starkville, there's not much there, and um, but you're pretty much on campus, and you're just with people that are your age, and I actually went to community college before getting to state, and that was a much more, like, diverse experience um, and enriching experience. That was in Washington, Um, just as far as, like, being around so many different types of people, um, not just diversity and race and ethnicity, but age as well. And, you know, when you get to a university, you're kind of around people your age. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so you said, so when did you move to Jackson exactly? So that was 2014 after I graduated from Mississippi okay. State, and I started working at Jackson Free Press okay. as, an, as an investigative reporter, which was a good job for me out of college. Um, and it 
it was a really good opportunity. Yeah. Was that something like you majored in? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, Mississippi State doesn't have a J school. Everyone always asks me why I didn't go to Ole Miss. Um, and I don't really have a good answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but it was kind of, I mean, I, I think it was, it was good for me because, you know, being that they didn't have a J school, I kind of was able to make a splash, you know, with few stu- uh, students doing what I wanted to do. I was kind of a big fish in a small pond, whereas yeah. like, you know, you go to the big J school and you're just another person trying to write. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. I've heard of you for like years now. <laughs> so I think you're really good at it. I don't Thank have you. like knowledge of all the investigative reporters here, but I feel like I've come across your name a lot. Thank you. So what kind of stories do you like to write? So I've always been like very social justice oriented. Okay. Um, So I got to the Jackson Free Press and I was writing a lot about reproductive rights, Mm -hmm. um, a lot about mental health and, um, and politics too. I've always been, um, kind of a politically oriented writer, but I've moved increasingly away from that. So, um, when I left the Jackson free press, I went to the Clarion ledger and Mm -hmm. was doing, um, some just like County beat reporting. I was over there in Rankin County covering like the Rankin County board of supervisors and then quickly moved on to the city of Jackson beat. And that's how I kind of got acquainted with the folks in this room. I definitely remember those days. Yeah. (laughs) And I just remember like, I guess, like I said, I'm not like well-versed in this, but People normally write stories. I saw that you kept following up, kept acquiring more information. It seemed like you were on it more than I see in general. Or just, I'll start paying attention to it. Sure, so yeah, thank that's you. when I said, probably back then, I started paying attention. I'll talk to you more about that offline. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I know I kind of, uh, that's funny. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So, um, what's, why is it important to tell those type of stories, do you think? Yeah, so, um, so the city of Jackson beat caught kind of uh, tedious because I was just writing about like, you know, water and sewer and like votes at the city council. And what I really cared about was, um, you know, how everyday people are living and like what are the, you know, um, socioeconomic or political structures that are, you know, affecting people's lives and keeping them, um, you know, maybe not having the kinds of opportunities that everyone should have. And so I, I started writing um, healthcare after the city beat, and and that was a chance to really dive in there. And you know, your health is everything. Like it kind of comes first. If you're not healthy, you're not going to be able to succeed in all these other areas. You know, we talk about education a lot as being yeah. kind of like Mississippi's most important topic, and it is. But if you're unhealthy, you're not going to get a good education. Right. Um, and you know, we've got like Medicaid expansion that's on the table, and um, some of these like you know big political issues that affect that topic. So. So that was a good um, beat to kind of get into that. And then, um, but I also realized that, you know, your health in so many ways was tied to your economic opportunity. And so, you know, all of the um, social determinants of health that, you know, that affect whether you're going to be healthy or not, that have nothing to do with just your genetics, but your, you know, the community that you live in, the rate of poverty um, of the community that you live in. And so, I got really interested in, in that um, side, and now I'm re- reporting on poverty strictly um, and all of the issues that kind of overlap with poverty uh, that I've found to be kind of Mississippi's, you know, like last unsolvable problem, yeah. um, or at least we think of it that way. 
Um, and so increasingly, like, I feel like I understand these issues and it it's easy for me to, like, feel empathetic. Yeah. But other people don't actually know what uh, is going on in the lives of people who are different than yeah. them. And so I think that telling those stories, you know, is just my, like, little way of changing the dialogue. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering, too, for us people, you know, there's people who are experiencing it and the people who can read about it, but, like, do you think for us, the masses who seem to still say education is great, Mississippi, oh, healthcare is great, like, are those people picking up on the stories you guys are writing? I hope so. Yeah. I think that we are, um, you know, you you always want to be wary of, of being in an echo chamber, and... Yeah. So I realize that, but um, I think we just have to like fight the disinformation with like reason and logic, and hopefully that will get across to people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like the messaging surrounding poverty is, you know, so much of the time people want to simplify things, and mm -hmm. so it's, oh, okay, you wrote about this person who's struggling. Okay, well, why don't they just get a job? Right. And I'm like, I can tell you why. Like, here's a list of reasons, and that's kind of as I've been working on this beat, that's kind of been, um, like the main, you know, uh, the idea that I'm trying to examine and see what the truth in it is, because, um, like right now I'm working on a story where I'm examining the job openings that are available in Mississippi right now. And, you know, the, you know, average job that's, uh, that's open in Mississippi does not pay a living wage. That's so. what I was going to say. There's like, there's jobs, but like a living wage is the problem. You know, even you can secure employment, but like the likelihood of it, you know, increasing your salary, increasing right. to get a living wage is still not a thing. So, um, and, and there's not even that many. I mean, you talk about like uh, you have to get a job to like there's work requirements for certain public assistance, right? So like even if it's a low paying job, maybe you can get help as as long as you are working, but like. There are places in Mississippi where there are 18 unemployed people for every job opening wow. on the state website. So, yeah. like, at that point, what do you do, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what I'm trying to draw attention to. Yeah, and there's people who have degrees, work experience, sure. and they still aren't making a living wage here. So, yeah, that's very interesting to me. I am working on my dissertation. I'm actually working, you guys. I talk about it a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> so there is a part in it, and it's about housing affordability, and there is a part in it where I um, examine just um, production versus, um, I don't know the word for it, but production has increased like over 60%. Yes since I think the 70s, yes. but like salaries, I think it was like, especially like hourly wages, I think it was like something like, like three or six percent or yeah. something. And I was like, that's ridiculous because I really want to encourage people to start slacking on their jobs. <laughs> they also need to <laughs> keep employment, but the fact that people keep demanding more and more from you and the likelihood of you to actually, and that's nationwide, so imagine what it's like here. So yeah. Yeah, I think one of the statistics that I read recently was if, if wages had tracked with productivity with mm -hmm. increase in productivity the minimum wage would be over twenty dollars an hour yeah I think I mean I feel like I read somewhere that it should be like thirty three dollars yeah really at this point right Ooh, that's interesting how do you like report on these stories and do research and talk to these people and like maintain your sanity I would be um, sad a lot I feel yeah. like yeah yeah I mean I'm not I'm probably not managing it very yeah. well um like you know and and, and my personal stuff does get involved I mean it's hard not to and 
but I think like, I don't think I sh- I should have to shy away from that. Right. Like, I am a person, a feeling person. And, you know, I don't let my emotions change. I mean, there's facts and emotions and I, you know, pedal in facts. Yeah. But, um, but of course, like, you know, what I think is important is going to drive what story I go after. Mm-hmm. And certainly like in interviewing the, f- a lot of the folks that I'm talking to in the communities that I'm in, um, you know, so we have conversations outside of my job and they're conversations about like what kinds of services might be available to them that I may know about that they'd never heard of. Yeah. And, um, and particularly in housing that you brought up, that's where I've had the, the biggest struggle and the biggest frustration when I find someone who is not, um, does not have a home to go home to. And there's literally no resource that I can point them to because we are so lacking in not just affordable housing, but just housing services in general. Yeah. I remember like outlining a list of all these policies dedicated to like housing affordability starting Mm -hmm. back from the creation of HUD. Yeah. And then I broke it down to like, federal, state, local level. I'm like, all of these programs, and there's like 18 million people that have a problem with affordable housing. <laughs> like, it does not make sense to me. Obviously, something is not working out that's not being addressed, but right. you know. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. You know, I was having a conversation with Melvin. We had, I think we were having lunch last week, and I talked about how many journalists are like, um, in the Jackson area. And I'm like, is this something that's a norm or is like Mississippi and Jackson kind of interesting for your line of work? That's a good question. I don't know. It could be the, the circles data on in. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, y'all are certainly like very well read and, you know, in tune with the kind of work that we're doing. But, um, I mean, I think Mississippi today has, changed the dynamic there Mm -hmm. so like there are more journalists in jackson because of mississippi today's Mm -hmm. creation just three years ago yeah um and yeah like i think mm, jackson is an attractive place for particularly like young reporters like i was kind of you know wanting to tackle these really hard issues head on Mm -hmm. um but in general i still think we're very under you know resourced oh really yeah i mean i think that like, I still don't think we have the type of, you know, journalism community that we should mm-hmm. here in Jackson, where it's so needed. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you have any favorite stories you think that you've reported on? That I've reported I'm on? I'm not sure with the subject matters you listed. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Like, oh, I loved <laughs> this topic. Yeah, um... I think like my favorite story is always the next one. And so I'm working on two big stories right now that are going to be publishing here pretty soon. And one deals with a, um, it's a corrections issue, but is related to work. Mm -hmm. So when I read about poverty, like I'm writing about work a lot of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because like most folks that are, I mean, I don't know that I can give you a statistic, but like, people in poverty are working, you know? So I'm writing, like, why is that? And I'm writing about work. Um, So one one is a work program within the Department of Corrections, and then the other is this one that I mentioned about uh, the examining the job openings. And that I'm really excited about because I think it it cuts uh, really deep to, like, 
you know, the way that our politicians talk about the solution to poverty being work and mm-hmm. shows kind of some of the fallacies in uh, the way that they speak about it. Yeah, I think whenever I come across those type of stories, my eyes usually roll out of my head and onto the ground. <laughs> we have these many new jobs and it's like right. but people are still struggling and work, like working multiple jobs. Right. You know, I was talking to my husband, yeah, I'm not gonna name the agency, but <laughs> he saw someone he knew and I was like, why is she working all these jobs? Like just pay her more money. It's not right. hard to pay more money, but like just people living their life to work is depressing to me to get up and have to do it again is just ridiculous to me. But yeah, so we'll try to <laughs> we'll try to lighten up after this. We'll take a break here. Jackson, Mississippi's only alternative culture shop, Offbeat, is your one-stop shop for comics, records, and designer toys. Located in the heart of Midtown and Black-owned and geek-operated, this store is home to the best alternative artists. Visit Offbeat today at offbeatjackson.com for more info. Do you think you'll be sticking around this city? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of invested now. I bought a yeah. house uh, in Fondren, and I am excited about, you know, what's to come in Fondren for sure. Yeah. Um, and, like, I love Jackson, and I've always defended Jackson yeah. ever since I've been here. I've always been um, close with a group of people who wanted to defend Jackson, mm-hmm. and I feel um, it's kind of ironic because even though I was reporting – um, kind of, you know, one of the, the biggest jobs that I took on was the city of Jackson beat. And I was reporting on issues going on in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my stories were not always positive. And, um, even though I was writing those stories and people would criticize me of kind of like being too hard on Jackson or accusing me of like just hating Jackson. Yeah. And I never felt that way. I always felt like this is the place that I've I've never had a home that felt like Jackson feels yeah. to me. I love Jackson. Um, how, how do you make it your home? Because, <laughs> you know, I had a conversation probably a week or so ago, and someone asked me, they were like, you're getting close, but when are you going to say, like, Jackson is your home? And I was like, never. Really? Like, that has nothing to do with Jackson. It has all to do with me right. and my connection to my home city. Like, I feel that strongly about where I am from. Yeah. So I just don't feel that here, really. I hear you. <laughs> no, I hear you. And people have had great experiences with the people. I have not had the always the greatest experiences. I do recognize that I am part of the issue. You know, I'm learning that maybe I am not as nice as people think. Melvin, I think Melvin does this every month on Twitter, and he says... Ashley's like one of the meanest people I know, or one of, it's between me and DJ Venom, Young Venom, (laughs) and I still don't understand, I was like, and then sometimes people explain, I'm like, okay, I can see why, but you know, I've been here, I feel like long enough where my complaints are valid about my experiences, I still feel like people don't think I have the right to say those things. Well, because it's like people think of things as one or the other. So can I complain and also love this place? Yeah. Can I like point out the, you know, things that are that, that could be better and and also like defend this place to the other more ridiculous people who, you know, are like, oh, like, do you go out at night or whatever? Like, yeah, I go out <laughs> at night. What are you talking about? I um like I lived at Helen Mouse for a couple years and Wait, I think what do you mean live? Like hung out there? <laughs> I'm gonna say are there apartments? There's like a studio apartment on what? the side. There are so, some apartments up top, but I stayed on the bottom floor okay. apartment and like there's just such a sense of community um 
in, in Jackson that, that I was able to tap into. Like I worked at Helen Mouse for a little bit mm-hmm. and, um, just like that community is so strong and fun and, you know, you feel like when you're in with these folks, like they've got your back. And, um, I guess that's kind of a unique experience for me. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, you know, where I'm from in Washington state, there isn't a sense of place like you have here in Mississippi. Like you can almost feel it like in the ground underneath your feet here. Like, you know where you are and you know why, you know how like everyone is affected by this place that they, that they all came from. And you know what, what you're describing is exactly how I feel when I cross the state lines. (laughs) Really? Sometimes when I'm tired, I'm like, I would like to be in my own bed. Right. But that, feeling and I guess that's something I'm still searching for I don't have that feeling yeah yet. I've been here for a while Interesting. Now, part of it is that I don't want the feeling <laughs> so you've been resistant to yeah, it I, oh absolutely I'm fighting it so it's like because I love my home like so much so that's part of the issue I guess you can't get anywhere if you're like not actively trying to get there either but yeah so but. I, I think it's just the the people. I mean, I just fell in love with so many people and things in this state and the city that I can't help it. Yeah. Do you have a lot of friends who are from here or are they transplants as well? Most of my friends are, are also transplants. Um, no, it's, bo- it's both. But okay. I would say like my closest friends here are people from here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, you said something which is important. I especially think if you want a better city is holding people or holding something accountable. It doesn't have to be, like, specific people. But accountability plays a role in having a better city. Now, I will say when I complain about things, I say, you know, like, what is it that we can do as citizens to make the city better? Right. But some things are not on us. (laughs) Totally. Some issues are just complete issues. So, <laughs> so I was think I had like a very Jackson morning a few weeks ago where I had made an appointment in the morning on like a Friday to go get my passport renewed at the post office. Okay. It was like a nine o'clock appointment first thing in the morning and I go in and, um, I, I was there to take my picture too. And I walk in and I'm like, I'm here for my appointment, yada, yada. And she's like, Oh, our camera's messed up. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'll go to Walgreens. And so then, like, I go to Walgreens. And they're like, oh, our cutter's broken for our, you know, for, like, yeah. the photo thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had her take my picture anyway, and she just, like, cut it with a pair of scissors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, like, went back to the post office, and they're like, oh, they didn't even try to cut it right. And I'm like, yes, I know. And then she tells me that I have to have my birth certificate. There's, like, all this stuff yeah. that's going wrong. And it's just, like, disinformation and, like, poor infrastructure, right? Like, even, like, the public post office camera being broken is kind of, like, public infrastructure, right? Yeah. And then I was thinking about it, like, I could just be so annoyed by Jackson right now, Mm -hmm. like, driving back and forth between the, you know, post office on these crappy roads to the Walgreens. But, like, also, why is the Walgreens cutter broken? Like, it's because Walgreens doesn't give a crap about... Jackson, Mississippi. Like, yeah. you know, the cutter isn't broken in Madison, right? Right. <laughs> um, and so I think, like, just having that context and, like, knowing that kind of we're all in this together for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, how do we make it better? I mean, just showing, you know, 
the powers that be the reasons to invest in this place and right. like why we people who live here are so great and deserve it yeah you know what i have to say when i have days like that i am right now so much better at dealing with it like stuff before probably like 15 years years ago could probably break me down i'm like i'm done right but now i think sometimes when you face challenges like that it builds character and you're like okay yeah well, this is what kind of day we're gonna have we're just gonna have a day like this right because <laughs> totally. you have to get it done anyway yeah so yeah yeah so i mean i don't know I don't know. I um obviously I'm here. I am invested, and I try to do my part. Um, and I think part of this podcast is my part as well. But I don't think we can ignore those things either. So I also would like to see like customer service in general improve <laughs> some places. But like you said, especially um, places like that, like at a Walgreens. Um, you know, like, it's just stuff where you know they're not going to do it in the surrounding cities. And those people are going to demand that you treat them with respect anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you about customer service. I was talking about this with um, the director of the Department of Human Services, the mm -hmm. new director, um, who met with me last week. And the previous director had not, with all the reporting that I've been doing on DHS, you know, and public assistance, food stamps, um, temporary assistance for needy families. The previous director never met with me. So I'm really encouraged by this meeting that I had with him. And I was talking about the fact that, um, and like what he's trying to do with the agency, mm -hmm. first of all, is just trying to better organize and motivate and treat his employees, the people who this are providing these assistance, yeah. this assistance. And I'm like, totally, the customer service you know, if I call up the city of Jackson water because uh -huh. I have a water issue, like if I'm treated well, that issue is not going to be, it's right. not going to be like at the forefront of my mind and I'm right. not going to be so upset as long as I feel like someone is hearing me. Right. So totally like the attitude that we have around these things and, and the, um, the attitudes of the people serving the public is like just as important as yeah. the thing actually working well. You know what? I've talked to Melvin about this. I don't know if it's like a chicken or egg thing, but my belief is already you don't pay people well and your benefits are subpar. It's great to have benefits, but if you can barely afford anything because your benefits suck, it's almost like you don't have them. Right. But anyway, I'm, I'm thinking at a minimum, treat people well, train them well, give them the tools they need to succeed on their job. And I think... People would do much better with their employees and retention, and even the people that they serve, right. like their customers, they would treat them better. But like, if your boss is an asshole, and then you have this customer coming right behind you, you know, and then they have an attitude, then your response as an employee is not great, and it's just like the cycle continues. So sometimes I can have understanding just because I come from a background where I have to deal with people sometimes, so I can be a little bit more understanding about that but i really feel like if employers would just do a better job management in general you know but yeah that's another story but i always feel like that's the start of it you sure know? yeah so um we're at the point where you can either give advice or recommendations um when you stayed over there like did you hear the music through the walls i wonder yeah did you? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, there's a recording studio right next to the studio apartment. Okay. And so I would hear the, And that got a little tedious because it would be like he'd be playing it as he's editing it. So it'd be like the same riff over and over again. Um, and sometimes they had like karaoke parties in the red room. And that was not as fun. But uh, but it was 
just fun to be over there and like feel like I was, you know, in the middle of the the action. Yeah, I guess. I stayed above a restaurant and a bar once before, and this like was new apartments. And I remember asking my husband. I said, do you think I'm going to be able to hear from this? And he gave me his architectural answer. And I'm like, mm-hmm. cool. But then I heard everything. <laughs> <laughs> it just somehow, I just learned to block it out yeah. and get my sleep. But yeah. it was interesting, like every single thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like I was actually in the restaurant. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was that experience. But yeah, what do, what do you have for these people? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about like what... <sighs> It depends on where you are in your life, I think, when you come to Jackson. So, like, the fact that, you know, I had this positive experience that I did coming here, you know, is is just as much, like, me getting out of college and, like, trying to figure out what my life is and deciding that I can be whoever I want to be at Mm -hmm. that time. And so you got to decide who you want to be, figure out, like, what kinds of people you want to surround yourself with Mm -hmm. to achieve that goal. And, um... And like where, what kind of places you want to hang out to kind of help you be the person you want to be, you know? Um, I fell in love with F Jones Corner, um, pretty shortly after moving here. I have a sad story for you. Oh no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have never been yet. Oh no. Yeah. Okay, well, you got to do that. I do. Maybe that's the ticket. Maybe, like, that's the last so, thing that you I, need to do to really seal the deal on yeah, Jackson. Yeah, I've only attempted it twice. You know, am I supposed to, like, take a nap, you know, get hydrated first? <laughs> or, like, am I out and I'm drinking and we go there? Like, is that the final destination? Like, how do yeah, I prepare totally. Okay, for this place? I mean, I'm just speaking from experience. I've very rarely just, like, gone, like, gotten up out of my house and yeah. gone to F. Jones. Like, it's... You're usually feeling pretty good by the yeah. time you get there. So let me ask you, because it opens at like midnight. Is that true? Or that's just no, the time opens, you're supposed to go? Yeah. I mean, I think like the music really gets started around 11, 12, okay. but it opens at like maybe 10 or so. Okay. I went to a bar I don't know. Yesterday. I don't think I've been there that early. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I went to a bar yesterday downtown and my husband went, my husband and I were there to get something to eat before we were like going out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like oh, well, we have to turn on the grease and, like, thaw out some things because we don't expect people to be here this early. So I'm that type of person. But I'm like, if it's open, I thought I could come here and eat. But they were like, no, it's open. But, yeah, I guess people don't go there too late. So that's good to know, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I just – I know it's kind of corny now for me to say that, like, I fell in love with Jackson um, at F. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, where else can you see these brilliant musicians playing this, like, music that was created here and you're literally standing, like, six inches from the guitar in front of your face? Yeah. And, like, it's just amazing. I heard the food's really good, too. It's, it's great. Okay. Because I have very, particularly for Catfish, very high expectations. It's good. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, where else? you have any other favorite places? I mean, I've been hanging out in Fondren a lot just because okay. I live there now. Is the traffic a little thick there? Well, State Street's all torn up, so yeah. it's just a mess right now. But I'm I'm encouraged about what's going to happen. You know, I'm kind of interested by these new um, projects yeah. that were just announced because, like, 
do we really think State Street's going to be done by so, then? And that's why I'm, I'm, it's scary because once before it was an area I wanted to move to. Now I'm on like the fringes, like between Bellhaven and Fondren, kind of. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go and be like traffic. Right. Not just even at the hour people are commuting to and from work, but just in general, you know? Yeah, well, know. so like there's another thoroughfare. Northview that I use okay. and that like allows me to avoid stage tree and it's w- recently repaved and really nice. So yeah. I, I kind of like, um, circumvent all of that yeah. stuff. But the cool thing is once all of those developments are done, like you can walk to your amenities. Totally. So, yeah. I mean, you can do it now. Like I was at, um, Mantle and I'm like, I'm going to get a cookie and I just walked to Campbell's yeah. <laughs> and got a cookie and walked back and I need to, pick up a few things before I went home. I just walked across the street to, is it McDay's or is it McFrugal's or Frugal's? I call it McFrugal's. <laughs> <Some of them. laughs> that's, good. that's good. But yeah, I was like, oh, I just can walk here. And to me, that's that's why I have um, my favorite parts of the city simply because of sidewalks. I don't right. care how nice a house is. I'm like, they don't even have sidewalks. I can't right. sit here. <laughs> right. So, And then if they have sidewalks, I need to be able to walk to something. But yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fondren's gonna be really cool when they get State Street done and they do have those sidewalks. And I live so close to you know that little strip. Yeah. And, um, like dueling is one of the best is turned into one of the best music venues in Jackson, right. and I'm like right there. So, um, so I'm pretty happy. I yeah. Mean, so you said like, what would you recommend people do? I mean, hit up all of the best music venues, like Hall and Mouse when you can when they mm-hmm. are doing shows, but certainly dueling and um, and Martin's. Yeah. 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 I can't wait. Um, I finally learned to take, what is that? Old Cannon instead of state, because yeah. I used to make that mistake often. And it was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get my car out of here <laughs> down this, this little small stretch. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, oh yeah. You have to just remember to take the interstate or take like old Cannon. Right. Yeah. Right. But, um, okay. Um, anything else you like to do? Anything else you want to say to these people? <laughs> No, I just think it's all about like who you meet and just, you know, put yourself out there and you're, you're going to find like some of the most amazing people that you could find anywhere. Okay. So do you want them to follow you anywhere? Yes, absolutely. Um, Twitter is where I do most of my stuff and that is a wolf, um, a Y E W O L F E is the handle and yeah. Okay. Um, you can follow me at Jackson Transplant, spell Jackson, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And now we have a newsletter, so I'll make sure that link is in our show notes. Email me at jacksontransplants um, at gmail.com. So um, I mentioned on Twitter that I would love to do like questions and answers or questions that need answers, but do not send me any foolishness because I will not answer it <laughs> and I may block you so <laughs> so but I would love to do that I do sometimes get questions in my DMs about you know things I don't have an answer for really but if I could like maybe um read the question on air is this on air since it's a podcast is it still on air 
this account. This is not live. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, or have time to research it. I think that'll be cool. Um, but I'm always open to you emailing me compliments in general for my ego. <laughs> uh, as I said, no constructive criticism because this is free. Anyway, um, shout out to 242 Creative who records this podcast in Small World Studio as well. And I will talk to you here next week. Bye.